Welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast, where we discuss all things real estate, personal finance, investing, entrepreneurship, and the many ways to achieve financial independence. We interview accomplished investors and entrepreneurs with the goal that their stories inspire you to take control of your financial future. Here to get your creative juices flowing while also documenting their own personal investing journeys are your hosts, Corey Jacobson and Ryan Bevilacqua. Welcome back to the Weekly Juice Podcast. As always, it's your boys, Ryan and Corey here with another episode. Today we had on Brian Lubin. He's a real estate investor and entrepreneur based out of Atlanta, Georgia. While in college, he built his first company that allowed him to graduate debt-free. And shortly after graduating, he made it to the top of a Fortune 500 company in their sales department, only to realize that retirement at 65 and corporate life or not for him. So he now successfully runs the Action Academy podcast where he talks and then interviews millionaire entrepreneurs to learn how they're able to learn and build their freedom in life and business. Similar to the guests we invest in or interview on our show. Yeah. So similar mantra and um, kind of theme in our different podcasts, but through his podcast and cash flowing real estate, he's been able to amass enough cash coming in monthly to retire from corporate America at age 27. He now plans on traveling the world with his girlfriend for the indefinitely. Right? Yeah. yeah. And the, one of the coolest things about this podcast, this episode is probably the first 30, 35 minutes. We just get into like the why behind money and like the, the whole mentality shift that you have to make in order to attract money. It's a really, really cool conversation. I think it could change many people's perspective on like how money works, why, why it's, why it's important, but then also like the different levels and types of financial freedom. And then we get into his story of exactly how he did it. But I, I one of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite conversations that we've had to date. And it's just so it, he brought it back to a point of like, this is attainable. He only has four properties. He's built a side business through his podcast and, and other, you know, and he's been in big in mastermind groups and he's surrounded himself with millionaires that have thus elevated his game and they've brought him to their level. So just an incredible conversation. I would say like that we, instead of putting philosophy at the second half of the show, we start it there. And I think yeah. it just keeps us going for the entire thing. So I was, I'm ready to run through the brick wall behind us. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, let's bring in Brian and get on with the show. As you know, we talk a lot about financial independence, building revenue streams, and buying yourself more income. Wanted to give our listeners a special opportunity to potentially add a different revenue stream for themselves and into their portfolio. Tune into episode 110 to hear Corey and I peel back a couple layers on something that we're, in, we're investing in currently at the moment. Just gives you a snapshot of where we are in our journey and gives you the opportunity to invest as well. This specific opportunity is for to invest in a YouTube content monetization channel. And we go through every single step of the way, how we got involved and all the ins and outs of it. If you're interested, after listening to the episode, feel free to drop us a DM. We're happy to answer any questions that you have and we'll point you in the right direction. All right, Brian, officially welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast. Corey and I are very excited to have you here. We've been talking for about, it feels like about a year now. Uh, finally <laughs> got this thing together. I know we all got busy schedules, but we are, uh, we're jacked up to have you on the show, man. Thanks so much. And thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been uh, sliding in the DMs back and forth too, too much, man. It's getting weird. It's getting weird. Yeah, it's getting it, weird. Was, it is getting a little weird, but now that we got you in person. Good to put a face to an end, dude. Uh, we talked for about 30 minutes before even recording. So this is going to be a great show. I have no doubt. But um, can you give us a little brief background on yourself? Who you are, where you're from, and then how you got into real estate investing, the whole FI movement, financial independence, retire early? 
Cool. Yeah. The 30,000 foot view graduated college, went and got a corporate sales job, figured that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to put on the shirt and tie and be uh, like one of the mad men from that TV show. I was like, oh, this is super cool. Made it to the top of a Fortune 500 sales organization. It was number nine out of 5,072. Made a good bit of money for W2. Uh, got everything I ever wanted. Realized that it sucked and it doesn't matter. It was all a facade. And then as soon as you win the awards the next week, they're like, okay, cool. What can you do for me now? And now you're behind. So uh, that started to get me to fall out of love with it. Started listening to bigger pockets, big real estate podcasts, and decided that I wanted to try, try my hand at that. Bought a house hack, bought another house hack, bought another house hack. Did that movement very easy, short, sweet, simple, rent by the rooms. Once I got a little bit of money from that, started a podcast started monetizing that, built a business from that. Now I've quit my job, quit corporate America, and I'm about to go travel the world for a year. That's me. That intro. Was thanks perfect. for having me thanks. on guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks guys. Uh, that was, um, that was an awesome intro. I, but one of the things that I was thinking about as you're saying this, it's like, well, first of all, you said it like you know, all that was so easy, which we know it wasn't, but was there a moment in time, like growing up, did you have like, uh, always have money or financial independence on your mind? Or was there a, a point where you're like, I guess it must've been maybe when you were working this job that you're like, this can't, this is like, where am I going with this? What, at what point were you like, I, I need to chase financial freedom specifically? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it all happened. There was a specific like glass shattering moment. I was making, I was making like a quarter million dollars a year in my sales job. And I thought that I was on top of the world. And I heard this guy on a podcast, which is one of my mentors now do is worth multi hundred million dollars plus. And he was the founder of GoAbundance, which ties into my GoAbundance story. I cold emailed the dude to ask for his mentorship. And then he replies and invites me to a GoBundance event, which is a mastermind group for people listening. And as soon as he did that, and he's like, hey, you need a million dollar net worth to join this group. I was like, what's net worth? I look at my net worth, I'm worth zero. So uh, that was my moment where I said, okay, I'm worthless. Now what? And I would get a commission check, go to Miami, bigger trip. And uh, over and over again, rinse and repeat. And I realized that that wasn't the way to do it. I wanted to build assets. That's when I got into real estate. And then that's when I started pursuing this. And then now surrounding myself with mentors and people that have been further down the journey than me, I see what's possible and I see what their income, what they're able to do with it. So then I'm just trying to build my, build my own now and create impact because when good people get good money, they can do great things. Wow. So quick recap for people, you started in corporate America, made $250,000 a year. You're spending it on trips, liabilities, right? Nothing tangible that you could have long-term. Sure. You joined GoBundance, a mastermind group surrounded by other very successful individuals that I guess like helped elevate you to their level. And now you have, I believe it's four properties, a bunch of uh, side income, side hustle income coming in. You're now retired at 27 and you're about to go travel the world with your significant other. Yep. Sounds pretty Terrible good. Life, yeah. Sounds pretty good Sign to me, buddy. Up. <laughs> Yeah. Awful life. And I, and we can get into it and we can go into whatever order you guys want to, but I'm a huge proponent of doing, doing the unsexy stuff, right? So you build your foundation with the unsexy stuff, maybe cash flow and businesses, real estate, dividend stocks, stuff like that. And then once you have enough of a foundation, you can start taking bets and risks on, you know, your own stuff, building a personal brand, building a podcast, monetizing that. And then putting it on the internet and putting things online accelerates the wealth building journey so much that you can do it around the world, which is what I'm doing. 
Very cool. I want to talk at the basic core of this thing and let's just talk financial independence and, and philosophy, right? Like what are your thoughts on financial independence and what does it mean to you to, to attain that? Like, I guess it's sort of your why, but just your, your mantra and your thoughts on people being able to do what they want when they want with who they want. Yeah. So I'll give two answers to that. The first answer was my upbringing. My dad and I were never close. He was, you know, there, but he didn't want, he didn't want to be a father. He didn't want to be involved in my life. So when we were growing up, he was an air traffic controller. And so my relationship with money was we, we never knew how much dad made like that. My mom didn't even know how much my dad made. And he was very, very stingy with his money. And he would come home from work and be so pissed off that my mom would be like, Hey, don't talk to dad. He's in a bad mood from work. So he missed everything. Like there wasn't a single thing that he was at, no basketball, no sports, no anything. So my first thought behind all of this, my first why was when when I'm a father, I don't want my work to ever come in like coordinate. I don't want it to mess up my life. I want to be there every single, you know, thing for my kids, my spouse, my friends. I want to be there for everything. I want to be present. So I was never going to let a job do that. So the second answer would be the three levels of freedom, essentially. So you have financial freedom, you have personal freedom, then you have philosophical freedom. So financial freedom, you don't have to worry about the bills. You're good. Everything's taken care of. Personal freedom is to now you have to where you don't worry about the finances. Now you have to do what you want, when you want, with who you want. So now you have choice, right? So now your finances are taken care of and now you have choice. Then you go to philosophical freedom to where now you have your finances, you have your choice of schedule. And now you're asking the questions like, what impact do I want to cause? What do I want to do for the next generation, the generation after that? What internally actually drives my happiness? What can I provide to the world before I leave? So if you get all of these in the shortest period of time, that's the meaning to the most like successful life for me. So let's get everyone financially independent first, and then they can focus on the rest of the stuff. That was one of my favorite answers about like just the, the whole being of finan- being financially free. Do you think that it, you kind of made it like a one, two, three, do you think that there is this specific order? Like you need to get your finance finance in first, then personal, then philosophical. Is there any way to, do it in a different order? Or do you think that's like, that is the one, two, three, that's the steps. So this is a question I have with a lot of people on my show, because I have guys come on that are worth 50 million, hundred million dollars. And then now, now they're in the philosophical stage of their life. Right. And they're like, well, you know, the money didn't really matter. And I could have just found the happiness in the journey. Right. And so from talking to all these people and getting all these perspectives, what conclusion I've drawn for me personally is I would rather have, have a grind financially. And once I'm at that 50 million mark, then yeah, then let's have a philosophical conversation there because now my I'm taken care of my next generation is taken care of. And my next generation after that's taken care of, let's start talking philosophically at that point. Because what's the alternative is maybe smoking some ayahuasca when you're 22 <laughs> and you're like, none of this, none of this even matters and you never build anything. So, you know, that's the concern. So my conclusion that I've drawn is that I enjoy the ride. I enjoy the process. I enjoy the grind. It's like Kobe Bryant said, he didn't care about winning championships. He got all of his joy from working and the championships are just the default. So they're a byproduct. I think so that perspective is, is I don't want to be too like 
Disney on you, but I think it is kind of magical. I just think it's hard for people to think that way prior to having the, the funds to, to like, to feel like they've made it right. Like there's no way that we're going to get to this mark of being a millionaire and then being a multimillionaire and then getting 50, even 50 million. You're not going to be at the top of this mountain, like looking down and being like, I made it. There is no such thing. So how do you take the small wins along the way and yeah. celebrate like is there something specific that you do after you get to a certain point um you did mention you're going to travel the world which is pretty cool but i'm curious yeah so i set i set my quarterly goals and i have benchmarks so every single quarter i try to bake something in that's what i did before but the secret to all of this is it never stops so you have a lot of people on a lot of podcasts that have made it to a certain level and then they act like you know okay cool i'm here but it never stops because I'm around people that 10 million, 50 million, 100 million, 800 million. All they're thinking about is getting to the billion. Is so there a point of uh, diminishing returns on that? In the sense, like, is there, do you have a, a point where you feel like there's a contentness that will come? Because I don't want to never stop. I think that maybe I'll, you'll be able to slow down, right? And like enjoy the fruits of your labor, so to speak. Or do you think that's not going to happen for you? <laughs> no, I don't, even, I don't even care about making it to 100 million really because I, I see what it takes and it takes a lot out of you. For me, I just going to have my wealth as a, as a byproduct while I'm enjoying the ride. Like genuinely the wealth is just the net worth. is just a byproduct at this point because I've talked to so many people to where, yeah, you're right. Once they hit over that threshold, money doesn't matter to them anymore. Like, I don't know if y'all have heard Alex Hormozzi, but the dude's got over a hundred million and he doesn't care about money anymore. Like none of them care at all about money. It brings no more joy to them to make more of it. It's just a game. But the advice that I've gotten from all of them is that it is a game and it's not about the money anymore. It's about the game. So all of life is literally about improvement. That's it. So money is just a way of keeping score for them. So once you get to that point where you're like, okay, cool. I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning. You have to have a new metric that you win at. I, I think I'll let you jump in here, Rye, but I think that's really, really interesting. Cause I read a statistic the other day and I don't know how like factual this actually is, but they're saying that like, once you make more than I think, like, I think the number was $90,000 a year, which mm -hmm. to a lot of people was like, to us, that's not a lot of money in terms of like a goal to be at, but they're said that the statistic was like, once you make past $90,000 a year, there's not a lot of like, upwards happiness metrics that you hit past that. Do you believe yeah. in something like that, even at that quote unquote air quotes, low of a number, or do you think that maybe it exists at a higher number? I'm just curious and we can move on to other things, but I'm, I'm really interested in this combo. Yeah. So there there's, there's a concept of financial gravity, right? So how, the income levels, like here's how income levels tend to work. If you're an individual employee and you're like killing it at whatever you're doing and you're a W-2, like maybe you're a, a tech sales rep or you're the average kind of caps out about a quarter million, just doing it yourself. Uh, once you have something to where you have a team under you and you've got, maybe you're in a VP position or something like that, then that's where you can make the jump to 500 to make the jump to a million. You need scale. So you need, you're going to, you're going to need a lot of scale to be able to do that. But the, from what I've heard, once you get past like kind of that quarter million, it doesn't really like once your family's taken care of and everyone's taken care of, like you're good. So, I mean, it's, it's arbitrary. Like everyone's going to think about it differently because everyone has a different relationship with money. But I think once you, once you've got like a 50% savings rate, like really at that point, 
it doesn't really matter anymore. I hit that at 90. I probably hit that at 90,000. I, I think it's an interesting conversation. And I think a lot of people get lost in, you know, while they're going through the journey, it's always the journey of money. And like, I, I love, I get it right. The game it is a hustle and that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Right. And that, that's kind of why it's like never truly never ending. Cause there's no, it's not like once you reach level a hundred, you're capped out, right? Like in most, yeah. Then it's a thousand. Like yeah. Then yeah, it's 10,000. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. So it just, it's like, it truly is never ending. And then it goes into like your, your talk on philosophy, philosophy and um, like personal freedom and all that. It's, I think people need to learn to enjoy that and explore that on their ride. Like it is, it is one thing to, you know, I think about a bunch of different people at in their nine to fives, or maybe even people, just people that have not reached financial independence. Right they focus so much on making money to support their family that they lose themselves a little bit. And like, they forget their passions, what they like. And like, even just yeah. what do they do on the, like, what are their hobbies? And they don't, they don't they try any. to find it when they're at the end of the line at like 65, not saying 65 is the end of the line, but like once they retire, that's when I'll start exploring again. It's like, no, you won't. Then your kids are having kids. You want to take care of them and make sure they're living their life. And it's just, yeah. they've lost that gap throughout time. And it's, it's very interesting. Cause I think, Corey and I get in this, it's not, I wouldn't say a rub, but you're just, you're uh, tunnel vision, right? And you're like, dude, bang, bang, bang. How quickly can we get there? Because we've seen and interviewed a bunch of people like yourself. Yeah. And as you have interviewed a bunch of people who have reached that million dollar mark, financial freedom mark. And they're like, dude, like if I could go back in time and like redo this journey, I would take a little bit more time for myself as well to explore some yes. things because it is the journey. It's not this false summit. So just yeah. an interesting conversation because you can't, I wouldn't say you can, you should, or you, you can mix up these like levels, right? Like the, the uh, personal freedoms, financial freedoms and the, mm -hmm. and the uh, philosophical, but I think you should be exploring them along the way. So that way in case, you can try to reach financial freedom, dude. Not everyone's going to make it. So it's like, I'm not, why wait until you get to the end of the line and potentially not be able to explore it. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring up the point is like, make sure everyone who's listening is like, take some time for yourself and like, don't, don't lose sight of what your passions are. And like, if you're like a big gym person and you just stop going to the gym to make, to you lose the endorphins, you lose your, your sense of purpose by just yeah. going to your nine to five job and making money. And then you're like, holy shit. Like, my health, like your health is your wealth, right? Like that's just one example of it. It's like, I know so many people that were like in really good shape in college, they go to the gym all the time. Then you see them like five years out and you're like, holy crap, what happened? Hairline and is pushed back, man. <laughs> that, that, in sales, that's the biggest thing I've seen. Every dude, single manager in my company has lost their hair, dude. dude it's it's crazy. It was hitting me, dude. When I went into tech sales for like three months, I was, I, that happened. I was working like a hundred hours a week. It's like, yeah, I was like, if I'm working at hundred hours a week and I have the capacity to do that, I might as well do that on my own thing. It's exactly, that's exactly right, Brian. And that, that is like, it's so key here. And Ryan and I were talking about this earlier before the show. And, you know, he reminded me that like, you know, I don't want to be like Gary V here or anything, but like, it does come down to some gratitude. Like it does come down yeah. to like, what are the things that you do have that excite you that other people may not? And can you appreciate that in the moment while you're growing? Cause we're, we're doing, we're putting a lot of hours in too, but like, I'm so thankful that it's on things that we love. Right. Yes. Even, if, even if it's only 70% of it's what I love, like that's awesome. Right. And then, you know, the, I can go to the gym at noon. Like, yes. I mean, I'll work at 8 PM, but I'll go to the gym at noon. And like, I can do that. And to have that, that right there is like a massive key and to continue to build your health and continue to have balance and continue to build your wealth. Like all of those things that what you said in the beginning about everything being about, I believe you said improvement. 
I'm addicted yeah. to the progress and like, I'm happy with the consistent progress and, but I don't look back enough. Like, and that's the, that's the cool thing to be able to do is look back and be like, dude, look what we did. Ryan, and I have been business partners for a year and a half. I'm like, I feel like it's been 20 years. Yeah. You, you know? <laughs> like, he was having this moment yeah. today and it's fine. It's, it's natural and normal. And he was just like, I could just tell it was one of those days. And we, we started, we just reminisced really quick. I go, do you realize that all the things that we've done in a year and a half, dude, like we just, I reminded him all the properties. We have five yeah. e-commerce slash like YouTube automation stores, like just a lot of shit that we're like, but could you even imagine being here two years ago, a year and a half ago? There's no way you could fathom being there that fast. And then it's like, okay, let's acknowledge this and realize we can do the same thing, double this in the next year and a half. And you know what I mean? It compounds on top of each other. Have you ever heard it, the gap in the game? No. Dude. Uh, heard of it, but you I need to read it. it. Read the book, dude, The Gap and the Gain. It literally will teach you how to be happy. So everybody that's an entrepreneur, go read the freaking book, The Gap and the Gain, Ben Hardy, Dan Sullivan. What it talks about is how we measure success is completely ass backwards. It, exactly what y'all are saying is correct. So what you need to do is you need to measure your success based off of where you are now as a, versus where you started from. And you need to take that and like have that gratitude instead of thinking about yourself. So right now y'all are having a moment today where you're like, Look at how far we've come since we started. That's how you win. That's how you have success and happiness on the journey. That's it. Because if you sat there and all you were thinking about was, look how far away we are from Joe Rogan. You'd be pissed off and miserable constantly. Dude, yeah, it's so huge. It's such a good book, dude. I read it on the, the airplane. Gap in the gain. I literally was just writing that down. I'm, I mean, I need a book like that because not that I don't need the how-tos, but like I'm doing so much of like, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? How, how many listen to this podcast? Blah, 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 blah. I need the bring myself back, yeah. get centered because it'll give you motivation to keep going forward and to do more. And like, I want to do more. That makes me happy. I don't want to lie to people. I want to continue to build. But like to have moments where you're like, dude, like your net worth increased by X amount in the past year, you have created awesome relationships, hopefully one to be with you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the people that we're talking to, like that is really like, you know, you can't remove money from it, like you said, but that's really what this whole thing is about. Like, how do you impact people? And so I love this conversation. I can do a whole episode of this, yeah. but I want to, I want to get into your story a little bit here too. Before we get into that, like, here's the kicker, right? Money doesn't even really exist. <laughs> Like, yeah, don't say that. Like, I mean, it doesn't. Like, it's just, it's, it's really energy. So, money is always going to come. It's always going to be created in supply. So, it's you're either going to be the one that's attracting the money or repelling the money. But if you really boil all of this down to down to one thing, like, what is the goal for all of us? The goal is to build a life that you don't need a vacation or a weekend from. That's the goal. So, yeah. we just use money as a scorecard to track that. I like that a yeah, lot. Yeah, I like that a lot. And too. that was a really crisp elevator pitch, dude. I don't know if you practice. What are you selling over there? I loved that. Yeah, dude, that was nice. <laughs> Wait, dude, give me give me your mantra again. Actually, I, I, what's your uh, which let's one? Talk the, the passive, passive income. What were you what were you all jacked up before? <laughs> Come on, give it too late on. Yeah. So the goal, so, and that goes right into that, right? Oh yeah, dude. Look at y'all throwing me the alley you. Come on, okay, man. Let's go. Let's go. Dang, wait, it's LeBron James dunk. Take bro. home, brother. Uh, yeah. So. To hit on that, build a life that you don't need a vacation or, or a weekend from. So first off, weekend, the idea that we have a seven-day week and 28% of that is what we're allowed to enjoy, right? The rest of it, you're supposed to work and hate your life. You're supposed to enjoy 28% and get drunk. That's ridiculous. So the goal is to build where every day is fun. 
and every day you're doing stuff that you enjoy. So the goal is to have enough passive income to build a foundation to where you can leave your corporate job and do what you enjoy doing, which is passionate income. So from passive income to passionate income, once you have passionate income, that's the goal. That's where you actually enjoy your life. And you don't have to take a weekend from that because like y'all with the podcast, you probably love working on it. I'm working on my show every day, all day. I don't even blink. I love it. It's like, yeah, like we, the greatest thing I do. It fires me up. We were talking about this a couple of days ago. And like, we talk about our, our full-time jobs a lot. We, we, do, we do enjoy our jobs to an extent. And there's that's no reason awesome. For, yeah, there's no reason for us to like exit out of that quicker than we need to, right? And, and yeah, yeah. Our, our companies value us too. But I was saying, if we could create content all day and like do the podcast and like really build it up, because I'll tell you what, our podcast, people from the outside looking in, like it seems good. And I've, I feel like we are good. I'm happy. I'm proud of it, but we could be 10 times better if we had all the energy in our day to spend towards doing it. We were talking before about all the things we could add to it. So it's very like, it's an interesting thing. It's like, well, you don't want to let the income go from your, from your steadiness, but then you could literally 10, 20, 30 exit. If you had all the time to, to an energy to put in, like you do, like this is yeah, what you're doing. That's where you build the, the base time. though. Yeah. That's where you build the foundation. So yeah. like you build the foundation and then that's going to be all of your assets, your investments, all of that stuff, the unsexy stuff. And then you have your frame on top of the foundation. Your frame is just your relationships. So you have financial security with your investments. Then you have emotional security with your relationships, because now you have all these people that you're like, if you're broke, like they're going to help you. They're going to invest with you, build partnerships with you, businesses with you. Like they'll be like, come in on my thing. That's, that's security. And then you just build a whole building with that frame of foundation. And then that's where you do it. So like, this that's is, a winnable game. Totally agree. I, this isn't, I love this conversation. So um, to be candid, I have a, uh, this week, we it's we have a week off from my corporate job and Dope. i was sitting around walking it's around nice, and right? i was like and i was just like yeah. holy shit like all of our side businesses are pretty ironed out like 80 80 of them mm-hmm. you know, i'm kind of hands off we'll have a couple calls we have to make here and there to maybe property management do a couple tweaks on the podcast but i'm like thinking about all the time i had in the day and i'm like what would i do if this was my entire year now granted oh, kids yeah. are going to come in the mix yeah. but like that brought me to the point of okay cool what if i have all this passive income it's not it's going to i'm going to add the the child's into um the expenses right like whatever whatever i need to pay for to keep everything running and healthy yeah. and all that but once that's taken care of right i have all this time I'm like i want to get back to build me. something. Like, what did I fucking like before this? Like it, I love building businesses. I love investing and like learning new things, but I love people, dude. I started to realize yes. like, I kind of like, I'm just looking forward to the podcast, but imagine I could do this throughout the day. Talk to people. Hey, you have this project going on. Let me jump in with you. Invest here. Let me invest in there. And then you yeah. try a bunch of different things. One of them you're going to be obsessed with. And that's the lane you just keep driving home all the time. And we were talking today earlier and we're like, Oh, you know, we have our nine to fives and it's, it's taking a lot of time to, to go to those and then build this on the side. But at some point it's going to catch up. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be like, you're at this point. Right. And we're like, damn dude, like I don't need it. We don't need a job. Like we are investors. Like our job uh-huh. is to source our, the money that we have from our, our assets and other people's money to invest in other things. And we make them a return. And like, it's almost this thing is like our job is, or Corey and I essentially are the asset. 
and up to a point and like people we, invest in you, us. You, build, you work for the man. I am the man. I am the <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, sure. man. I, I get totally what you're saying there. I think one of the cool things about what you just mentioned, Rai, is like this kind of all boils down to like, not everyone's an extrovert. So maybe not everyone thinks this way, but like it really True. is all about people. Like it everything that you do is all about the people that you surround yourself with. Cause like at the end of the day, when you have nothing left, like, can you look a number of people in the eye and be like, look, like look at the value that I brought to your life. Like how happy yeah. have you made me? And that's like super high level philosophy, but it's like, what else matters besides that? Like really what else matters besides like, having that tight knit relationship and it doesn't have to be with a hundred people or 200 people, but like the more people that we can have conversations with that after them, they say, wow, that person was like, not only dynamic, but just like, so such a pleasure to be around. I'm like, that's all I need. Like that'll fuel you to Dude. all the money will just be pouring in at that point. I'm not trying to mitigate that, but it will like, that's what rocket fuel yourself. Rocket fuel. Yeah. Dude, Thanks, that's bro. the rocket fuel, man, because people don't play that game enough. So people play like linear games. If you play a compound game, which is my relationships, then dude, there's a net. That's why I say about money. Like, I'm like, is it even real at this point? Because now all of a sudden you blink and you have 50 different ways to make money around you. And you have to literally pick and choose which ones you want to go and pursue because you have the, all the op opportunities and options. So like based off of that quote that I just said for people listening, I don't even think we've gotten into it, but like, so I left my corporate job. So I worked corporate job five and a half years. I just left a month and a half ago. So I'm completely on my own now, July 6th, me and my girlfriend are flying out from Atlanta, Georgia. We're flying to Mykonos, Greece. We're staying in Greece for a month. And then we're traveling around the world for a year. And we're going to do the podcast, real, invest in real estate and build businesses while we travel around the world. So like, that's my life that I don't need a vacation from. It's like, I, that's what we've gotten to. I love that. So for people that are listening, let's put a bow on this real quick. For people that are listening, I don't want this conversation to sound like, okay, thanks guys for talking about philosophy for an hour. Now, what do I do? Right? Here's okay, yeah, what let's I would, get into it. <laughs> here's what I would suggest that you do. I would suggest you focus on who do you have around you that you can support? That would be my takeaway. Who do you have around you that is looking for support that you can support that may introduce you to a business venture that may introduce you to the next thing that you fall in love with? If you can do that, if you can talk to as many people as you can that you have genuine relationships with, continue to build upon those relationships with, I don't think you can fail after that. That would be the takeaway. And it's not like failure you know, isn't possible, but every time I pour into other people, good things come out of it the goal of everything every single day. So when I stopped asking, how do I make more money today? And I changed the every single day I wake up and I ask, how can I provide the most amount of value to the most amount of people today? That's what I wake, ask myself every single day. And then once you ask that question, then you just win because instead of trying to go and be like interesting and be the cool guy and be, be the life at the party instead, you're just freaking interested in other people, dude. And it's, it's so cool because then you just ask questions. That's why we have podcasts. You just ask interesting people questions and then they're like, oh, these guys rock. Because you let them too. talk That's about the them. You, ha <laughs> you have to be genuine with it. It's not about like building yourself up. It's like, yeah, find genuine interest in other people. And like, I love doing that. So it comes a little bit more naturally to us, but like people can, you can set intentions behind that and actually do it. Even if you're not this like extroverted person, that's the life of the party. It's not what this is about. It's more mm -hmm. about like pouring into, even if it's a select few amount of people. Yeah. I've always 
you know, I think we're all similar to this, but this is just my perspective. Is like, I've always wanted to know, like I see successful people walking around and I'm like, how the hell did they get there? Like, I just want to mm-hmm. know the story. And that's just me being curious and like intrinsically motivated to learn that. And I know that's not for everybody, but it's funny because that's how like our podcasts all came about, right? You're, we're literally interviewing people that have seen success, have done it, gone through the motions. And we're just trying to pick little pieces from everyone's story to potentially implement in our lives and then push out to other people and say, Hey, listen, they did it. They came from this crazy background. They came from this X, Y, Z, but you have all different walks of life and those different walks of life have found success. Just pull something valuable from their stories, implement it in your life and taking action, right? Action Academy podcast. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a play on it, but it's just, it's so interesting to me. And now we have a platform to share with people. Cause I think one of the, one of the things that most people like the big thing on everyone's mind is fi- like finances, like, holy shit. Like, how do I get my financial house in order in order to do the things I want when I want with who I want. And most people like a lot, like, I would say like 80, 90% of people don't end up getting there or they just keep trying. Like I said, till you get to 65. So mm-hmm. if we can expedite that and like provide value to people, that's, that's the goal of the podcast, right? We're taking value along the way, but we're also spreading it to other people. And if it's genuine, people want to listen. Dude, I got a quote that I got from one of my friends, DJ, and y'all will freaking love it. So have you ever heard about the quote about like filling your cup up to pour into others? Yes. Yes. Half empty, yeah, so, half full. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like my girlfriend's a very giving person. She's very empathetic and she's like, she will be on like 0% in her cup and she'll still pour out into others and just pour into other people. So my entire life, I've been like, Bella, what are you doing? Like, you need to make sure your cup is full before you pour into others. My friend DJ was like, dude, you have it backwards. It's like, what you have to do is you have to cut the bottom off of the cup. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, so now everything that pours into you pours through you into others. Oh. And then he goes, so then it doesn't stop. He goes, it just keeps coming because now you're not pouring in and pouring out. It just goes through you. And then universe is like, Hey, this dude has got abundance flowing through. But Anyways, dude, awesome quote. Let's talk about finances so we can actually give these people something. So they don't how to. Let's get how to. We love philosophy. Clearly, yeah, they don't we talk about it. this dude that just came on and just like was like, oh, money isn't real. So <laughs> yeah, money isn't real. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. I think that there's a lot of value that people take away from that. So I, I love that talk. And guess what? It's our podcast, so yeah. we can talk about whatever. We want. <laughs> so update us on where your portfolio is at now, and like how. I guess you can. You're like a snapshot of this, like how you got your first deal and then how you scaled up your portfolio to where you're at today. Super easy. Okay. So I do things in the easiest literal possible way that anybody can do real estate. I don't do anything sexy. I've done this the easiest way that anybody can do it. House hacks. I buy a house hack every year. That's it. That's literally it. So, so let's, let's dive into this. So are you going to a single family home, three, four bedrooms, putting three and a half percent down, living there for a year, getting up, moving somewhere else. And like, is there a specific market that you like? Like, talk to me about the strategy behind that. Are you just like, I'm going to pay in retail. doesn't matter because I'm having my mortgage paid for me. It's going to appreciate over time. I won't sell it if we're in a downturn, blah, blah, blah. I know I'm speaking fast there, but like, is that the strategy? Okay. So here's the strategy, right? So first off, it's, it's all about cash on cash return. Everything's about cash on cash return. Like how much money are you making from cash flow from the amount that you initially put in? If you buy a rental property, you have to put 20 to 25% down. So it's very difficult to get a high cash on cash return. If you put 20,000 down and you make 25,000 back, like that's just what, like a, maybe like a, I'm not even doing the math right now. I'm not rain man. Sorry guys. I don't have a calculator in front of me, but it's, <laughs> it's, all good. it's, it's not good. 
but so anyway, so for me, first property, I bought 3% down owner occupant F the conventional loan. That's what I do every single time after the first one, you have to put 5% down. So I put that down. I think it was like 276,000. So I got that in 2018 and I bought that, put 3% down. I put maybe 10, 15 grand into it. And then I was able to be basically all in for like about 20, 25 grand. And then with, and that was with building an extra laundry room and everything. So I buy five bed, four bedroom houses. Uh, no, yeah. Five bed, four bathroom houses that are split level 1970s to early eighties style with an in-law suite. So building a kitchen costs about 15 to $20,000 from scratch. So what I do is I look for houses specifically that have two kitchens. So that's, on the MLS, that's already a niche that most people aren't looking for, recreational buyers. Like they don't care about two kitchens anymore. Nobody has their parents living with them. I buy these, I go in, I renovate them and I essentially convert them to duplexes. So you have to look at the zoning here. You have to look at, you have to make sure they have separate entrances. I keep the meters the same. So I don't separately meter them. I just have a, a flat rate utility bill. Each one just pays a flat rate utility bill. And then so you can go in and then at that point, you can essentially rent by the room to where they don't even notice it that much because it's basically two apartments. So I always have my upstairs unit as my HGTV unit is what I call it. That's going to be my three bed, two bath, super nice, super renovated, super modern. It's going to be the trophy like unit. That's never going to go vacant. Then the bottom units are going to be, you know, a little bit hodgepodge together, but they're going to be, they're still going to rent for maybe a little bit below market, but it's still going to bring you a lot more cash flow. So for me, my goal was always to get a thousand dollars cash flow net for my properties, which is freaking difficult if you were to just do it with one or one or two tenants. So I essentially apply a rent by the room strategy, and then you just go from there, rinse and repeat. You live in one section, move out, you buy another house. The conventional loans you have to use one per year. That's the only caveat. So if you want to scale, you can't do that. But I just bought a house every single year. Like every December, I'm like, okay, cool. Time for a new house. So I want to talk about something that David Green talks about on, uh, uh, um, from BP. And he's like, we had him on the show, episode 50. We talked about him actually more recently. Um, but he was saying that people think it's risky to spend more money in real estate when actually it's less risky to spend more money. So if you're trying to build a portfolio, he recommends to everybody, this is the, first of all, this is the guy that has a shit ton of real estate and is a multimillionaire 10 times over, Right. But he tells people buy a house hack every year, just like you're doing it. And this is what he said. The reason why he says it, he's like, look, if you can buy a $500,000 property, which is like now becoming more of like the average property, right? A $500,000 property and live in it. And it goes up 20% over five years. You just made a hundred grand. Or if you buy these $100,000 properties, it goes up 20% over a five-year time frame, which is realistic. You just made 20 grand. Okay. So yeah, the downturns may be like a little bit worse off, but if you hold on to the property, you're going to be in good shape. If you stack on five of those, then you just yep. made $500,000 over five properties, house hacking every one a year. If, or if you buy a $100,000 property uh, one a year for five years, you made $100,000. What would you rather have? $500,000 over five years or $100,000 over five years? So the, yeah. the, the, actually the risk is really to go small because yeah. you... And I know it sounds backwards, but a lot of times they're in harder places to manage. And you think, and so the vacancy is more of a problem. The maintenance is more of a problem. As long as you plan to hold, then you should be in much better shape to buy a house. You have me thinking. And I do I was, B class. I do B class, by the way. B class. I don't do C class. I don't do A class. So 
in a downturn, all the A class people moved down yeah. into the B class apartments, and then all the B class moved to C class, and then C class moved into mobile home parks. So for me, I just do B class. My my mo is I want the working man's house. I want to have I want a plumber. I want an engineer. I want like a HVAC tech. I want somebody that's just just a, a hard worker to be able to rent my house and have their family to be able to afford it. So I'm never going to have my rents all the way at market. They're always going to be a little bit below, but I can afford to do that because I have multiple units perhaps. Yep. And uh, we had on um, Matt Faircloth, who's like one of the oh, best he rocks, dude. He's awesome with, uh, with um, private money. He's like, he taught us a lot about private money. And he's like, I don't go for the iPads in the wall apartments. I go for that B, that B to C class because he said exactly what you said. He's like, if there is a downturn and guess what? We're living through a downturn right now, right now. maybe not in the real estate market, but in the stock market, we're, it will be. We're, in a, we're in a recession. So like um, those people that maybe their stock portfolios went down or they're in the A class and they can't afford it, they're going to come to your property. So I, I totally agree with B class. We're in some C plus, which is like, it's okay. But we also went in with like buying the hundred, 200, $250,000 property. When in reality, it makes a lot more sense to buy the three, $400,000 property because you're going to see those more massive returns. So, and here's the cool thing about asset classes too, right? So there's a million different ways to go about this. There's a million ways to make a million dollars. I always tell people like, uh, I use Jason Dries as my mindset coach. And he talks about like being, having things be light versus heavy. So light is like, oh, I'm like, I can sprint towards that. I, I love doing that. Even though it's hard work, like, I would gladly do that. And then heavy is like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible, blah, blah, blah. So for me, I've actually stopped like this, this year I haven't bought any real estate and I just stopped buying real estate for the time being. And now I want to build my media company. So like, that's my thing right now. So what I'm doing now is now I'm past the point I'm on kind of stage two of that journey to where I've bought the single families and I've got that unsexy foundation. So now what I'm doing is like you said about the 20%, imagine pre COVID all my houses are pre COVID. So now you're looking at each house and you have like hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity per house that you put 3% into. And now I've got lines of credit that I can pull on all these houses. So what I'm going to do is now I'm going to travel while I'm traveling. I'm building up my media company and I'm going to have recurring revenue that I create through that, through action Academy. Then I'm going to go at the tail end of the year or next year, I'm going to pull money, pull cash right now. I've got about $60,000 liquid. I'm going to get that up to about 150,000, 200,000 liquid in cash. Then I'm going to pull lines of credit on all of my properties, pull it into one all giant FU war chest fund and then go in with one or two partners and take down the commercial triple net lease property that prints out $10,000 net a month. Pretty good Sounds plan. like you got a pretty good plan going in there. You Look, guys, we do finances up? too. We don't just talk philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to go in with anybody, you know, in the future, you know, you got... We don't talk... <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm not just on here talking bullshit, everyone, I promise. <laughs> yeah. No, no, dude. You're accredited, dude. We know. Yeah. So actually, I do want to talk about this. You mentioned a um, a mindset coach. Do you have a? And correct me if I'm wrong. Do you have a, a coach? Yeah, Jason. Coach? So talk talk to me about that. Like people have that's Brandon Turner's coach. Yeah, I Brandon Turner's coach. Time. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about how you found him, how he became your coach, and then also like your thoughts on investing in yourself and how that's potentially helped you like elevate your game as a, an investor, but as a person as well. So, so two things about that, and I'll offer some mindset perspective shifts for people that talk about like investing in yourself right now. I can tell you exactly what my fixed monthly expenses are, 
uh, they're about $1,400. That's how much that I am committed to having to pay per month. And that's for everything. That's for my, all my mortgages, all my utilities. Like this is net what comes out of my pocket after all of that, uh, having all of my insurance, having all of my different, you know, subscriptions, coaching, stuff like that that that's what it breaks down to. And out of that 1500, a thousand of that per month is what I spent on my coaching. Now, obviously I've got masterminds as well that I spend money on. And essentially what I ended up spending last year, I think was to the tune of like 47, 40, $49,000 on personal development in coaching mastermind, stuff like that. Make an LLC and write it off on your taxes. So walk us through that. It's all a business expense. You're the business. So how, how does that shake out at the end of the year for, for the dumb guys in the room? Yeah. So let's just, so you have an L so you have you. So for all these major companies, like they're sending you to seminars, they're sending you to all this stuff. They're paying for it. Mm -hmm. Like they're writing that off on their taxes as like coaching training. Mm -hmm. So just like you would write, if you were to hire an employee and you were to pay money to train them, you would write that off on your taxes so, as a business say, owner. I guess my point is when you, okay, let's just call it 50 grand. Just say at the end of the year, when you file your taxes and you're saying that's a write-off, that doesn't mean you're not paying 50 grand. No, I'm still paying the 50 grand, but I'm able to subtract that from my, like I'm still paying 50 grand for sure, but I'm still still able to retract that from my total taxable earnings so that I can be able to reduce, remove that from my income. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So I do it as a tax write-off, but yeah, I mean, it's a necessity. If you're, if you're talking about cash on cash return, mastermind and, and coaching is huge. Yeah. For Jason, I got linked up through uh, Brandon Turner and go abundance and Jason's also in go abundance. So that's how we originally paired up. Um, I don't have the bag to afford Jason Dries himself, uh, but I have him as my personal mentor. So like Corey said before, it's about always ask the question, like, how can I add value to someone? Right. So here's how I added value to Jason Dries. So me and him link up. I pay like his coaching to use his team is about six grand a month. No, it's not six grand a month. That'd be crazy. Six grand for six months. So about a grand a month. Yeah. Everyone, they were like, whoa. And then they just started shaking their heads. Okay. Oh, that yeah. No, but that grand yeah. a month is like, yeah. I mean, like to, to us, that's, it's a, first of all, it's a lot of money for a lot of people and it's a lot of money for us to spend too, but it's worth like, that seems like, okay, I could that's find like that. Clarity. Like yeah. That's clarity and getting your mindset to be like, like this whole world travel trip, like this was my five-year goal. I did it in six months because of them, right? So now you're able to have all this clarity and all this stuff. So anyways, that's besides the point. How did I provide value to Jason? So I said, hey, Jason, I want to do this. And he says, okay, cool. You know, here's, here's my team. Here's how much it is. I give him my credit card. We do it. I start doing the coaching. I create a podcast from the coaching, like month one of coaching. And they're like, Hey, you need to create this podcast. You've been talking about it. I'm, I create the podcast. I have Jason on my podcast and Jason's one of the early episodes, the most popular episode I have to this day. It still gets thousands of views, thousands of downloads to this day. Like even more so now that he has the bigger pockets book out. So he has like 30 people sign up for his coaching off of my podcast. Like without me knowing. And he calls me and says, dude, I've had like 30 people sign up for my coaching from your show. And they're directly referencing you. He's like, let's talk here. Like, like let's talk in a part, let's talk a partnership here. Let's talk an affiliate partnership. I'm like, absolutely. I led with value and now I get some extra time with him. And now I have an affiliate relationship with Jason. 
You're, it's a, it pays for itself. It, exactly. And, and people ask us uh, oftentimes, like, how do you, how do you get, you know, all these great guests on your podcast? And I'm like, well, look, it just so happens that a podcast is something that is valuable, valuable. and sexy. It, yeah, but it's yeah, it's also valuable to anybody who comes on, even if you have 300 downloads a week, which we have a, a lot more than that. But the point is, is like, who knows who's gonna listen to your story and resonate? So like, I'm ser- like, you're episode 112. A couple of them we've done ourselves. So figure 110 episodes. I mean, we've had three people say no to coming on the podcast, and most of the time it's because they find value in in that. So my point is, what value you can if you don't have a podcast what value can you bring to that person? And you have to figure out the key is you have to figure out what the value is and not ask the person for yes. how I can bring Thank value. You. Right. Thank like you. That, that's the key. Cause if you ask someone, what can I do for you? They're like, well then they, they now have to think about like spend time to think about what you have, what you can and do. Chances are if they needed to find value, they would already hire. They would someone. have already found it. Yeah. Exactly. So a perfect, so to use this as a tangible example so that people uh, really sinks into people, imagine DMing Brandon Turner. And just saying, what can I help you with? Do you think you would get an answer to that? No, you wouldn't. No, no. He wouldn't yeah. answer you. And he's the nicest guy ever. All yeah. six foot eight of that beard. He's not going to reply to you, dude. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. So what you do is like, now he has a mobile home park fund. You say, oh, okay. He's looking for mobile home parks. I'm going to go find his criteria and I'm going to find him a mobile home park. So then go spend all of your energy and effort finding him a park and bring it to him and say, hey, Brandon, I have this mobile home park. It's exactly what you're looking for, for your fund. I've got it under contract, want to do business with you. Guarantee you he's going to reply to that. So what you do is you look at the person, you look at, make a list. It's called the Dream 100, Russell Brunson. So he does click funnels. And so you have your Dream 100 list and it's the 100 top people that you want to get in touch with. And anybody can do this. Once you have that list, you follow all of them and you put alerts on their stuff and you say, okay, what is this person got going on? What are they looking for? What are they missing? Because they're going to tell you in their social media, some way, shape or form, they're going to let you know what they're looking for. You find out how you can provide value and you interact with their stuff. You share their stuff. You comment on their stuff. you be top of mind for all their stuff. Then you go in and you find that specific sweet spot. There'll be a window one day where they'll have, like for me, I'll use me as an example. There'll be somebody that one day all of a sudden has a book that they're releasing. They're doing something that the mastermind or uh, an event that they're trying to advertise for. Bam, I'm there. I'm like, dude, been following you for, been interacting with you for a year now. Uh, I've got a podcast. Would love to have you on to talk about this. They say, yes, they come on the podcast. Because I now I've provided direct value to them. So well, just find that thing and then do it. I yeah. think it's similar to how we built a relationship in a way. Like you... You like, not, not that there's a, I mean, there's a balance here with both of us. Like, I think we were talking about coming on your podcast too, which would be great. But Mm -hmm. the whole point is there's mutual benefit and you reached out to us and you met, like you were messaging us things that were so relevant to what we were doing. that I was like, Oh, we got to check out what Brian's doing. And then all of a sudden we're then talking about just different things that are going on that week when each of our businesses and here we are talking and who knows what comes of this, of this conversation even. So like, with this right here and having social media and this mini computer that we carry around strapped to our bodies, it's like, man, it's, it's never been easier to connect with people. Never. And when you're making your ask for people, uh, when you're like reaching out to these people, just tell them be straight to the point. Don't make this long sob story, like fluffy thing about how they're going to benefit you and how they're going to change your life. They don't give a shit. They care about what you're going to do for them. So subject line, what do you want and what can you offer them? 
top, top of the thing. So like for my instance, like I said, I always use practical examples. Me, podcast booking request, subject line, first sentence. Hey, my name is Brian. I have a podcast where I interview seven to nine figure entrepreneurs about how they earn freedom in their life and business. This is my show audience that would be directly beneficial to you and what you're doing with X, Y, and Z. Would absolutely love to have you on the show. Who do I book through to get this on the calendar? That's the email. It's short to the point. I, I really like it because I think about my emails that it's just in a nine to five and I'm not a millionaire yet, but there's, I'm like, nah, not reading that one. That's too long. Or like people that, <laughs> oh, oh, like, dude. yeah, you're like, uh, uh-uh, no, don't like, I'm done, done, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> like it's, it's, it, it's an elevator pitch or just like we have three seconds of attention span. Right. So if you mm-hmm. can get that in the first couple lines, there you go. Um, yeah. but I know we are, we're a little tight on time here. We have a hard stop, but I do want to talk about, uh, go abundance and coaching, right? You tied this thing through. You're like, Hey, listen, masterminds and coaching pay for themselves 10 times over. And I know you invest a lot in there. Can you tell, talk about the story of how you got involved with GoBundance? The reason I'm selfishly asking is because eventually I would like to be in that mastermind. I actually read the book, um, the Tribe of Millionaires, and I got fucking jacked on it, dude. I was like, yeah. this is my favorite book. And it was like, I don't even know if it was intended to be this like super like philosophical or meaningful book. That's like a staple in one's life, but I absolutely loved it. Then I ended up figuring out Diego Corzo, one of our, our good friends now was yes. in the book. And I'm like, dude, he's come, we had him on the show and it was just cool to hear his story. I didn't even think anything of it about go abundance, but I'm like, I just like, these dudes seem great. We were talking about an inspirational story earlier. Like dude, Diego Corzo is worth $5 million now. He's like, that's his net worth. And like, oh, dude, he's doubling it every year, literally doubling it every year has 60, 60 properties, an agent and he, talk about somebody who comes from, I, I mean, I don't know if he comes from nothing, but like he talks about that. He's like, I, he's like, I pretty, I think he even leads in with that stuff. So he I, came I, from nothing, dude. He didn't even have a driver's license. He didn't have a driver's license and he didn't have a, a, a visa. So nobody would employ him. So he literally rode his bike door to door to different places. And then he found go bonus. He found some of them in the early days and he literally just rode his bike in and just crashed the party. And then he just, what he did was he was super coachable. Right. And then they would give him advice on how to do it. I was just talking to him the other week. That's why I, I was top of mind. And I have Felipe coming on my show like tomorrow. So he's it's, also he will, he will open up that room, bro. He like the, yeah. the shit that goes through his head is like unreal. He he's awesome. We unfiltered. We, so for go abundance, it was one where I went in, I didn't qualify yet. I asked for help, found a way to provide value. They sent me homework. Essentially they said, Hey, you know, pay four grand, come to this event. And it was like a Tuesday. And the event was on Thursday in Colorado. I was Tuesday in Atlanta. I called out sick from work, booked a plane, flew out, paid the money on a credit card, went and met everyone from that point. That's where they coached me to be able to get into the group. And now it's like 715 strong in the group of, you know, multimillionaires. And dude, that is single-handedly the most important thing that anybody can do, whether it be go abundance or any other mastermind, that is the most important thing that you can do. The most important investment that you can ever make, because I tell people, and I'll leave with this story and this quote, when you're climbing Mount Everest, you need two people with you. You need the person that's the Sherpa, what they call Sherpas that are guiding you up the mountain. So you need that person that's been up to the mountaintop and have come back down and they're saying, Hey, if you go this way, you're going to die. If you go that way, you're going to die. Follow this path. I'll show you how. So you need that person, the mentor, and then you need the per- people strapped up next to you that are making the climb with you that are preventing you from going back to the bottom. So that's two you need. That's mastermind. And so you have the Sherpa and then it's the tribe, right? Is that, is that your tribe? Well, yeah. So the tribe, so the Sherpa is going to be the people that are ahead of you. 
Like those are going to be like the 10 million, 50 million, hundred million dollar guys that are like, Hey, I've built this massive business that you've wanted to do. Here's how you do it. Here's how you don't do it. And then all the other people are the ones that are on the hunt with you. They're like at the same level as you and you're all holding each other accountable to the climb. So let's talk about when you went, you paid the money, right? You put on the credit card, you went out, skipped the day of work, love it. You met these guys. Can you just talk about the experience there the first day? It's like how, how it went, right? Like I'm sure people are going to like, okay, like I'm down. I'm, I'm ready to invest in myself. I'm going to go to this. What can they expect? Like how's an event go like this? What did you do to prepare? And, and what did you get out of it in like the first day? And, and then we can move on to the next subject. Yeah. So you can't, you can't compare, you can't prepare um, really. You just, you, you can't, especially when you're playing in a room that everyone in the room is so much drastically further than you. So a lot of the people that join the group, cause I do membership. So if anyone is accredited, like feel free to reach out. I do membership for go abundance. Um, and so a lot of the people that come in, like they'll be worth like one to $5 million and they're qualified, but they've got imposter syndrome that they won't be able to offer value. And so the group is not just about like wealth, but it's also about like authentic relationships, accountability, bucket list adventures, health, all this other stuff in life. So find your one thing. And for them, it was really cool. Like I walked in and the one piece of, a, of advice I'd give to anybody going into a new mastermind would be, don't be, don't try to be the most interesting person in the room. Try to be the most interested person in the room. Like just be super curious about everything that everyone says and what I did was I would have a notebook and I would go and I would meet someone and immediately I would like type in my phone, like short notes. And then at night I'd go and fill my notebook. I'd say met Sergio. He does self storage syndication and here's st different stuff that he's working on, blah, blah, blah. And I'd make notes on every single person. So that I remembered them. And then throughout the week I would go and talk to them and I'd say, Hey, you know, remember this, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so that's a huge thing. Another piece of advice I would give would be, Talk as a talk as a man first, a friend second, and a businessman third. So just like be cool. <laughs> like it's like like don't brag about yourself. Just dude, talk about well, life. No, and also, like, so so many people, like if y'all have been to a real estate meetup, they fucking suck. Cause hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm in single family. What do you do? Oh, I'm in multifamily. Okay. How many properties do you have? Oh, I've got 52. Oh, I've got five. And the guy's like, okay, cool. Screw you. I don't care about you anymore. You only have five properties. It's not like that there, but also like how I combated that was a lot of the times people don't even ask me what my net worth is or what my investments are. Cause they don't care because I'm just going up. And I'm just talking to them as people. I'm like, dude, Hey, what fires you up? You know, like just get to know him as a guy, like sit at the bar, like what you would talk to a normal person at a bar and then just be friends with them ask about the family, ask about the friends, ask about, you know, why they do what they do. Then the business comes as a byproduct of that. So I went I and filled a cool. whole notebook up of everything, of everyone. Yeah. And that's what I did. And then I followed up, man, every single bit after that, like after the event was over, that's where the magic happens because then you're your Facebook friends and then you're following up and every piece of advice anybody gave me, I wrote down and I made sure to act on it, take a picture, send it to them. Always, because that makes you stand out. So now nice. I've got a dude that tells me to go buy a book. I buy the book. Two weeks later, he's getting a DM from me on Facebook. And I'm like, hey, man, love the book that you recommended. Now you have accountability in, in their mind. You're like, okay, this is a guy that does shit. So now they can pour into you as opposed to the 99 other people that are DMing them that don't do anything.
I really like that because we a lot oftentimes we'll get, you know, we'll make relationships here, right? And it's like, okay, but what's next? What's the next step? And mm-hmm. like, and how do you continue those relationships? So that's really good. And it's you almost get like an accountability partner too. That's where the action academy comes from, I assume. Like that yeah. whole thing. But I have a quick story, real quick. So when we recruit, uh, I, I'm a basketball coach, high school basketball coach. One of my passions. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And one when we recruit players, we bring them in and we tell them, Hey, what we need you to do for the if they're let's say they're a right-handed player, one of the key things is to is to be balanced and be able to go both Get left, left and hand right, layup. both hands. Right. So yeah. what we what we do is you say, Hey, for the next month, um, I want you to eat all your meals with your left hand. Like Ooh. cereal, whatever it is, all these with your left hand. And they're 15, 16, 17 year old kids, they don't realize how important is what we're telling them. And this is a recruiting process because we're one of the best high school teams in the country. So we can kind of get a pick of who we want to bring in after a month. This is before they're at the school. If we follow up with them and say, how did you do with, with eating oh. with your left hand? And if they look at us like, what do you, Oh, I, I don't know. I did it like once or twice. We're like, nah, like we're good. Like we, we know, are you serious about this? Like, do you want to play division one basketball? Do you want to be in the NBA? Like that is who comes to our, our program. If they're like, yep, I did it. It was tough at first. They give us an explanation. We're like, you're serious. We know you're committed. It's something very simple and it's hard to get it through a 15 or 16 year old's head, but that kind of separates the people from like, are you going to do something as simple as a direction from our coaching staff? So mm-hmm. like for what you said is like somebody recommends a book. They're like, yeah, they're, this person's probably not going to follow up on this or read this book. And then you do, they're like, whoa, Brian just made it to the top of my list of important people. And Dude. That's and I do that. I do that to people now too. So a lot of people message me. I just, I give them homework, like just something simple, dude. Like, it's just like, Hey, like, Hey, can you give me advice on this? Can we have a call on this? Yes, absolutely. What are you looking to learn? Okay. This is what I'm looking to learn. Okay. Awesome. Here's a book that I'd recommend. If you could read this first or listen to this podcast first, before we talk, let me know. And then we'll talk then. Yeah. And then 90% of people don't reply. Well, Brian, there's no pedestals here putting any of us on a pedestal, but you said gap in the game. And I intend to read that book just because Dude, put, your, I want... put your ass up on the pedestal, man. No, it would, it would have been you. It would have been putting you on the pedestal. <laughs> so I'm reporting back to you, bro. <laughs> so Dude, I was, a, I was a shooting guard, man. Like it, it, it's, it's exactly right. Like everyone would drive in with the right hand. And then it's such an easy tell because like, that's such an easy guarded position because now you're like, okay, this guy's only got a right lane. He doesn't have Cut a left lane. Court, I could get yeah. it. Don't, don't, easy. don't get me going. And then you just that. trap him. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, exactly. anyways, dude, it's dude, like, it's real, awesome. So say people do want to get involved in GoBunts. I know you, you said that you help, you can help onboard people. Can you give us the qualifications and what it takes and how people can get involved? For sure, dude. Uh, you have to be accredited, which is a million dollar net worth outside of your personal residence or over $200,000 in uh, W-2 income two years consecutive. That's, uh, that's the current requirement. I believe it is going up towards the end of the year. Um, I think we're going up to 2 million, but right now you just have to be accredited to join. So hop in. Uh, if you want to talk to me, feel free to shoot me a message about it. Uh, we got a lot of real estate guys. We have or we have a growing community of non-real estate guys. So that's been super cool. Um, yeah, but everything I talk about, and that's what's also cool with everything that we do. I won't talk about something unless I do it, unless I pay for it. Mm-hmm. So like Jason, I pay for him. Like go bonus, I pay for it. So now I'm able to talk about it and then I'm not selling anything because I do it. So it's cool. cool. Love and it. to get in touch, you said, you know, send you a message. Like you're at, at Action Academy Podcast on Instagram. Or you can for sure. 
if uh, if you really want like one singular place to get in touch with me, the best place where you're going to get the most value would be to go to brianlubin.com. It's B-R-I-A-N-L-U-E-B-B-E-N.com. I've got a newsletter that goes out every single Thursday and I recap all the top stuff that we talk about on my show and then also off mic. So stuff like this, like if we had any takeaways, I'd write up a quick blurb and I would throw it in there. It's a five minute read every single week. Go and sign up for the newsletter. That's the best bang for your buck. Cool. Love it. All right, dude, I have a challenge for you. In What's under, your challenge? In under three minutes, can you do our core four? It's rapid fire rapid questions. Fire. Do it. You just got to I have no idea what your core four is, but that's going to be motherfucker. You played ball, dude? Here's your, here you go. Let's go. Here's your All right, Let's first go. question. What's your favorite investing or business book? Favorite investing book would be... Fuck, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Actually, I'll say Cash Flow Quadrant because I don't want to be basic. Bang, I'm reading it this week. Literally going through it. That's incredible. And it kind of rocks. Into- What'd you say? Cash Flow Quadrant rocks. It rocks. It's incredible. So read that book. I'm halfway through it. And that's, I've only been reading it's it. Also by Robert Kiyosaki. Yep. Cash Flow yep. Quadrant, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Don. Two, what's been your biggest mistake that you've made in your investing career and how have you learned from it? Uh, biggest mistake that I've made would be as my income rose originally, my expenses rose. So lifestyle creep. And then once you cut uh, lifestyle creep and you knock that in the bud, then you're unstoppable. Cool. So living in or below your means. Living, living beneath your means. Like try to aim for that 50% savings rate to start and then just grow from there. Anybody can do a 50% savings rate. I'm sorry. You can do it. You can figure it out. Great. Question three. If you were given a lump sum of $50,000 today, how exactly would you spend or invest it? You can think of it as a pie chart. You can divvy it up however you want. $50,000. Ooh, today it doesn't do that much. I'm sorry. It really doesn't. $50,000. Yeah, $50,000. I would call two friends, two or three friends, and I would all go together with them on a large property, I would probably do a self storage, something that cash flows that we could sell or finance for low money down. Um, so I would do either a self storage facility or with a couple of friends, or I would do a commercial triple net lease property with a couple of friends. That's how I would do it. Nice. Last question. What do you want your legacy to be? So essentially what's your why, what gets you out of bed every morning to do what you do? My legacy for my family is TBD. Um, I've got a long-term girlfriend that I'm, I'm, we'll have kids within the future. So we'll create that family. You heard it here for, first, people. Listen, listen, yeah, episode, yeah, listen to episode yeah, one, yeah, She knows. She knows, bro. Oh, She's, she, she speaks freaking Portuguese, Spanish, and English. I want to pop out little Brazilian babies, man. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So we're doing that. Um, <laughs> we're doing <and> that. <laughs> besides, yeah. So besides that, for me, like, what I'm currently working on and what I'm currently trying to build with action Academy, I would say, dude, if I can get, if I can, I haven't put a number to it yet. So I'm kind of on the spot here. If I can get a thousand people to just build a life that they don't need to take PTO or a weekend from like, that would be freaking cool. Like that'd be a hell of an impact. Like even with this trip, like around the world, I said, if I can have 10 people, quit their jobs and figure out how to put their income remotely online so that they could go travel for even like a month or two. Like even a month is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be so cool. So that's my goal. That's my short-term goal is the 10 people to do the world travel and then a thousand people overall, just to be able to create the life that they want to have. Incredible stuff. All right. Put a bow on this whole thing. We finally made it to the last drop. 
which is the last segment of the show, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give if you could go back in time to younger Brian, maybe like 18, 19, 20 year old? Um, what would you tell him if you could do things differently? <laughs> if I was talking to 20 year old Brian, I'd say, don't drink Everclear, dude. <laughs> that's, that, yeah. that's fair. Um, no, I would say, uh, number one piece of advice is you're not going to get, you're not going to get joy from the mountaintops. You're not like in the joy that you're going to get, like you will get some level of dopamine, but it's not going to be the degree that you're, that you thought it would be. Um, and that's in my W2 that's in everything. Learn to enjoy the ride. Stop, stop, rest, look out at the views while you're climbing the mountain, fall in love with the process and the end results would just be a byproduct. And you will, and ironically, the irony behind all that is you will get way further faster doing that instead of chasing the mountaintops. You will go further faster. I promise. Amazing stuff, man. This is one of my favorite episodes because I just love just genuine conversations with good people. And that's, I mean, we, you know, we, we we just become best friends. Uh, So (laughs) if people want to find out more about you, they want to learn about your story. They want to follow you traveling around the world. What is the best way for people to get in touch? I think you mentioned it actually already. Yeah, you can hit the you can hit the website for the newsletter. If you want to look at pictures of me doing stuff, like you can follow me. It's just at Brian Lubin. It's my personal account, but like who cares? Like I'm just gonna post cool edited pictures of me doing stuff. Like it doesn't really bring any value to you. So, so follow, follow action. Follow so Action follow- Academy podcast and yeah. And listen to the pod. <laughs> listen to the pod. He's having a billionaire on in a couple of days. That's pretty awesome. He's already had some great guests. I've listened to a few episodes. So definitely Dude. check out the Action Academy podcast. You won't regret it. And then you're going to hear these two, these two bearded gentlemen on the show. They're going to come on. I'm going to send them the link. It's going to be fantastic. Let's do it, man. Let's I get to be in put us, put us the episode before the billionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, it's good stuff. That was a warm up and be like the, the million before the Billy. There you go. All right, Brian. Well, it was a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. And I'm sure everybody enjoyed the episode. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Weekly Juice Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and share with friends. The more ratings we get, the more ears we'll get on our show. And in turn, we'll be able to provide you with more high-quality guests. You can also find us on Instagram at Weekly Juice Pod, where we post daily tips and tricks and document our own journey towards financial freedom. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday to get your weekly juice.